You're listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Produced by Radio Mankato with your host, Historical Society Executive Director Jessica Potter. And now, Surrounded by History. Hello and welcome to Surrounded by History. I'm your host, Jessica Potter, with the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Joining me today is Radio Mankato's own Jeff Lang. Each week, this program explores the history all around us, the history in plain sight every day. One way the Historical Society works to make our local history more visible is our partnership with the City of Mankato. Over the years, we have collaborated to create a heritage plaque program that places green cast iron historic plaques around the community highlighting our local historic places. There are currently 18 heritage plaques installed around Mankato at historic buildings and homes and city parks. For the next few segments of Surrounded by History, we will dig into the history, the stories behind some of our city parks. Today, we hope you will enjoy being surrounded by the history of Pioneer Memorial Park. This one is kind of a fun and weird location. It is. And there's not much there. So there's it's, not. And it's not like you can go swing or right. play softball. So do you know where Pioneer Memorial Park is located? It is at the bottom of, um, what's that hill that comes off of by the mall there? You come down the hill. Thompson Ravine. Thompson Ravine Road, yeah. Or the bottom Adams. Of that. Yep. 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 Okay. Am I right? Yes, you are. You are. All right. So officially, it is located in the 1400 block of North 6th Mm -hmm. Street. Okay. So if you, um, and so again, if you're directionally challenged and you're trying to figure out where we're at, it's on the north end of town, um, also in the area of the Turtlet Park neighborhood. Right. Um, And it's near Thompson Ravine Road. And uh, the really the best way you're going to spot it is you will see this very random set of steps that goes nowhere. Um, that's what you'll see first, and then you'll really wonder where are you at. And the actual, the green heritage plaque is on 6th Street, um, and 6th Street's one of those weird little one-ways, mm-hmm. random little one-ways, so you can't actually drive from Thompson Ravine Road. you kind of got to loop around, but you will find it, and that is the location of our green heritage plaque. Okay. So, Pioneer Memorial Park, uh, known to some of the Mankato old-time residents, was known as Pioneer Cemetery. It was the site of two 19th-century burial grounds. That kind of sounds a little gothic. Yeah. But uh, so a place where there was an early Roman Catholic cemetery and rural Grove Cemetery, which was a cemetery for the Masons. Okay. Um, the Masonic Lodge. The Roman Catholic Cemetery, which was to the south, um, was established at about the same time as Rural Grove. It was about a year before. Um, and they were obviously set up for different reasons. The Catholic Cemetery was meant for the Catholic congregation, mm-hmm. and the Masonic Temper- Cemetery was for the Masons. Um, and at that time, it was a very divided um type of of practice for burial. So the first burial was Maria Eichbach. I'm going to try to throw my German out there. (laughs) Um, She was a 32-year-old German immigrant who died suddenly in 1857. Um, She was a German Catholic, and the Catholic congregation at this time had no official burial grounds, so it purchased six acres um, to use as a cemetery. 
It was used by the Catholics in Mankato until 1885. And at that time, um, because of the location um, and because of running out of space, a new Catholic cemetery was established on top of the hill, up on top of um, where this particular one is located. And so that cemetery is known as Calvary Cemetery. So it's a quite large old cemetery up on top of the Mm -hmm. hill where this one was just right down below it, the Roman Catholic Cemetery. Um, so at that time, many of the, the graves were transferred. The bodies were transferred up to the new Calvary oh, Cemetery. Wow. Okay. Um, but even then, back then in 1885, there were still some unknown persons that were left behind due to the poor markings of their grave sites. Um, to this day, there still remains um, to attempts to fo- locate Father Ryan, who is among the many early burials whose location is unknown. All that was known was that he was buried near the center of the old cemetery marked by an old elm tree. Which, um, and the story was that he died while passing through Mankato in 1864. And as you can imagine, that old elm tree is uh, no longer standing. Right. And it 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 either came down in a storm or was cut down by vandals. And needless to say, to find his marker was not uh, successful. So wouldn't they be able to find? I'm not going to throw any water on the story, but like, uh, like using sonar information now. I think now they would. They could do that. If it was, I mean, until they find it, what do they do? Right, right. But in you know 1885, that wasn't really an option. Right. Oh yeah, of course not. (laughs) But there you go. There's a project for you. (laughs) You can go find all of these missing. I'm going to go rent some sonar equipment for that. I like it. I like it. Um, And so you need a you need help funding your campaign here. I think I would. Okay. All right. So uh, Jeff Lang is taking on a project. By the way, I was considering my career to go, but I guess. Okay. All right. So we'll get back on track here. Um, Rural Grove Cemetery, the other cemetery, was bounded by North 7th Street and Thompson Road. So this is on the other, the kind of the other side of where the Catholic Cemetery was located. Um, And it's, it's more, it was known as the rural, rural, rural Brook, I'm so sorry, I cannot say that <laughs> word today, um, which was Thompson Creek, and that's what we know as Thompson Ravine Road. Okay? So that's okay. the little body of water that weaves through there. Um, the land was purchased by James and Maria Thompson, um, or from them, and by the Masons, the Mankato Lodge of Number 12 Free and Accepted Masons in 1858. And the Masons bought a 16-and-a-half-acre parcel for $817. And the <laughs> cemetery was, well, that was a lot of money I back know. in 1858. I, that's, a, that's a lot of acreage, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so the Masons, their whole idea was they would have the cemetery, and through the sale of the cemetery plots, it would be a financial gain for the Masons. Unfortunately, there was a financial panic in the mid-1850s and the early 1860s that automatically doomed their enterprise of making any money. Um, the cemetery was abandoned soon after its founding, um, but they did have some burials at least for about 10 years after um, they started this adventure. Uh, the Catholic cemetery, the last burial, would have been when the Calvary Cemetery was mm. was started. So that was 1885. Um, so again, both of them have a short little window of time that they operated as active cemeteries. The oldest surviving gravestone in the cemetery is um, that of John C. Cornwell. He was a 
two-year-old Englishman who died at the Winnebago Agency in 1858. He was the Indian agent, and his grave was the first burial in the Masonic Cemetery. Although there were, were once around 60 gravestones, many of them were veterans of the Civil War and the U.S.-Dakota War, Cromwell's is one of the few remaining which have avoided the fate of being irreversibly damaged, moved, or stolen over the years. One of the most spectacular events connected with the Masonic Cemetery was the murder and burial of two Civil War soldiers, George Liscombe and Alexander Campbell. Campbell was a royal arch mason of scotland so he that is hence the reason he was buried in the masonic cemetery Mm -hmm. the two men were members of the company h of the second minnesota infantry during the civil war so they are civil war veterans okay okay after the war the two men came back to mankato which was their home and in 1866 right before christmas they went on a, a hunting trip to trap furs So they are on the Minnesota River in that area, hunting or trapping furs. On their return trip, um, they had a very successful um, adventure with their trapping and had uh, a lot of cash in their pocket. And on Christmas Day, on their return back, they stopped in New Ulm for a little bit of a celebration of how, how well they did in their trapping. So they were at a New Alm saloon, and the story goes, the two men were drinking and playing cards, and at some point, um, one of the t- one or more of the townspeople tried to add drinks to the two men's tabs. Uh-oh. Yeah, they wanted, um, the, the, the crowd wanted Lizkin and Campbell to buy a round. Well, uh, they refused um, because, you know, why should they? And a brawl broke out. Um, and I, I just have to say, if you think we have violence in the media today, um, you should read the account of the 1866 play-by-play of what <laughs> happened, because it is gruesome. Really? So, Liscombe, and I'm giving you the G version. Okay. Okay, Liscombe was taken outside and beaten. And while Campbell tried to help, he fatally stabbed a, a New Ulm man. He stabbed him in the leg, and it happened to hit an artery. So the man just bled out. Bled out. Oh no! Okay. Well, needless to say, you got a lot of intoxicated people, and the 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 ma the the townspeople that were at the at the saloon became outraged and really became a mob of people. Both the men were arrested for the murder of this New Orleans man who bled out, and they were taken to jail. However, the angry mob um, actually ended up taking them from the jail, continued to beat them, and ultimately lynched them, oh my. and hung them up by the jail. Okay? The sheriff goes on record saying, yep, I... That this all happened, and I saw them at there at 10 p.m. And when I came back the next morning, they were gone. <laughs> so the bodies were taken from the jail and thrown into the Minnesota River. Again, this is Christmas, so the river is iced over. Um, 
And the story goes, okay, this is the Nazi version. The story goes that they put a hole in the ice to put the men in mm-hmm. the river. And by this point in time, the, weather-wise, they were frozen and their bodies had also stiffened. They couldn't get them to go in, so they cut off oh. their arms oh. to get them to go in to the river. Okay, I mean, this is that's the, that's the least gory part of this whole story that I'm not sharing with you. So a very gruesome... Gruesome, gruesome, gruesome story of what happened to these two Civil War veterans, okay? So, um, and Liscombe had just gotten married like a couple of months prior. So, of course, and they were well, I mean, they were Civil War veterans, so everybody, you know, celebrated them. Um, So they come, days go by, and they're like, where are these two men? And uh, Nualm denies having any knowledge of these two men. Um, until there was a group of, of men from Mankato who threatened to go over there armed, like a hundred men armed, and go over there to destroy the city oh until they God. give them their, their guys back. This I is mean, like a whole war ready to break out I right know, here. 1866. So you can imagine, I mean, everything is just so high strung. 1862 is the U.S. Dakota War. 1865, the Civil War ends. I mean, you, so you just think about it. You've got all these people just charged up. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually, the bodies were recovered and returned to Man- to Mankato to their families. There was a large public funeral, and the two men were eventually buried at the Masonic Cemetery. Um, in the early 1940s, the remains of the two veterans was were eventually moved to Fort Stelling National Cemetery. Wow. So there is a, and I tell you wow. what, if you want to know more and you want the not G version of the story, there's information at the Blue Earth County Historical I Site. I don't know what I want. I, it's really bad, honestly. I, 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 this sounds like this would fuse the, the, the uh, hatred between the, the, the town teams, the school teams yeah. playing against each other. Yeah. Like, oh, you remember back in the 1866? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No wonder we don't get along sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So it, uh, it was a very gory detailed um, at the at the time. Early newspapers, I mean, that was the way you would get your news, and the the information was very specific wow. and colorful. Hmm. And uh, for the advantage of weddings, where you can almost picture the wedding, but when you can almost picture what is happening <laughs> to these individuals, it's right. not as glamorous, right? So both of these cemeteries we've already talked about, they had a short little window of operation, um, but that would have a lot to do with their location. If you're familiar with this part of town, there's not a lot of land. It's, it's all on a hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these other cemeteries started um, popping up throughout the community as the town begin, began to kind of spread out. So Calvary Cemetery up at the top of the hill and then Glenwood Cemetery across town. Um, some of the cemeteries, uh, eventually other ones would pop up. They would not be affiliated necessarily with a, a denomination or a, a specific group. So they became more city cemeteries. Um, at, over the years, the, the two cemeteries, as you can imagine, fell into major disrepair. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, in 1917, Judge Lauren Cray, who we've talked about a few times on this podcast, he and his wife um, visited the Masonic Cemetery in search of the headstone of a Civil War veteran named Lieutenant Jasper Newton Lockhart. Um, they found his stone, but it was broken in two, and it was in the middle of a cornfield. Um 
So after years of neglect, um, the city of Mankato finally accepted the deeds to both parcels of land in 1935 to be maintained as parkland. In 1946, uh, Dr. Julius Hilscher, um, who is buried coincidentally at Calvary Cemetery, he willed $15,000 to improve and maintain Pioneer Memorial Cemetery. Um, But little was done with the financial gift until the late 1960s when the American Legion asked for the city to turn over part of those funds to them so that they could maintain those cemeteries. Remember, there's a lot of civil war um, and a U.S.-Dakota war Mm -hmm. um, uh, burials, um, veterans that are buried there. So that's what the American Legion wanted to be part of that. In 1976, an area area Boy Scouts, the Army Reserve, and the American Legion, uh, they began efforts to clean up that park area. And in 1978, under the, under the direction of Troop 4 Eagle Scout candidate Russell Skelly, gravestones were moved to a central location. Um, now, not super ideal because it's not marking the graves anymore, but at least they were being preserved. And oh, they didn't take the bodies with them. No, they moved the, They just moved the stones. I didn't know you could actually do that. Were you, were you allowed to do that? I mean, they did, so. They did. <laughs> um, at the same time, <laughs> okay. they, uh, they, that, this, they put a sp- split rail fence around that small portion of the site, basically just to kind of denote that, hey, there used to be this here. Mm-hmm. Um, it must be much bigger space. If you go to... The, um, the location today, you'll see it's just a small little spot. And you think about, well, how could all those burials been there? Um, there? That's just really denoting that this land used to have this on it. Um, so the American Legion for many years, um, I do not know the answer, but for many years conducted Memorial Day services at this site in honor of those veterans that were buried there at one point in time. Um, The headstones that you see today are just, again, that small demonstration of those that were previously buried along the hillside and are not representative of their original locations. Many of the original graves have been moved to other cemeteries, including Fort Snelling National Cemetery, which we talked about before. They've been lost forever due to neglect or the just had the headstones moved to a central location as what happened in 1978. So that's so weird. I mean, I'm sure there's, unfortunately, bodies buried throughout the entire countryside that we would never know about. Right, right. But that fact that just, there was headstones, they just like, oh, let's move these over there. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the body that might be underneath that. Well, that's so and, weird. And you also have to know a little other thing about geography of this area. This is very close to where the school sisters in mm-hmm. Notre Dame are located. And so a lot of this land was farmland and grazing land. Yeah. And um, and then over, you think about this, the, the first burial in 1866, well, that's over 150 years ago, and think about how much has just changed landscape-wise right. and things like that. So so you will have quite the challenge using your sonar technology <laughs> to find all these lost... What about the stairs quickly? The stairs were a way to access the cemetery, and for some reason they have survived they over survived. time. Okay. Um, and I don't know if it was part of a, a, a drive by the Masons to say we don't want to ever forget that we had this here. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, even though they go into disrepair, they get repaired and they continue to be the, star- the stairs to nowhere. Okay. So that is the story behind that. And um, so we hope you enjoyed 
our little mystery stairs <laughs> story <laughs> that we've explored on Tom, by Thompson Ravine Road. Um, and just remember that they stood as a reminder of this Masonic cemetery called Rural Grove Cemetery and also the Pioneer Memorial Cemetery or the Old Catholic Cemetery. It's been called that a few times. Um, they are located on North 6th Street and it is a location of one of our city's heritage blacks. And all of this information, including the gruesome story of what happened to those two Civil War veterans, um, comes to you from the archives of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Until next time, we hope you see the history that surrounds you. You've been listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast from the Blue Earth County Historical Society, produced by Radio Mankato. For more information on this and other topics, visit BlueEarthCountyHistory.com or stop by the Blue Earth County History Center at 424 Warren Street in Mankato. Thanks for listening to Surrounded by History. History.